Hey friends, welcome to Dog Stories. My name is Serene, and alongside my dear friend Maria Bell, we're going to be talking to people about my favorite part of life, dogs. Today, I'm talking with Justine Riley. Justine's a longtime animal lover and a dog mom to her beautiful adopted Iranian dog, Stashi. Since Stashi came into her life, Justine has become an animal rights advocate who maintains a plant-based lifestyle, and she also happens to be one of the most talented makeup artists in Hollywood. Hi, Justine. Welcome to Dog Stories. Hi. Happy to be here. Cool. Um, So Justine is not only one of my best friends, but she's also one of the biggest dog lovers in the world. So Justine, tell me a little bit about your experience with dogs. My boyfriend was just on the internet messing around and was like, this dog needs to be fostered. And I was like, if we foster a dog, we're going to keep it. And I said, yes, as in, I'll show you, (laughs) which was really funny because I did not want a dog. The reason her story is unique is because she's from Iran. Her and her brothers and sisters um, were the first litter that were born from a wild dog. Um, There's a lady named Yaz, and she lives over there, and she rescues these dogs because people in Iran don't necessarily have pets, especially not dogs. And so she rescues these wild dogs. They, they, They just live like wild animals. They get food from the trash. They drink whatever water they can. Um, so she takes these dogs in and she's been sending them to America. They, they literally take people that are flying from Tehran to LAX and they ask them if they'd be willing to bring a dog with them. And then once they get here, they meet up with, um, the organization. It's Adopt an Iranian Dog and they work with Dogs Without Borders. So the people bringing them over here are literally just flying to LA and they're out of the kindness of their heart say that they will have this dog come with them. And the dogs are pretty big, so they're in crates. They go under the plane. Um, And yeah, Stashi was one of the first letters to come over from Tehran. We got her probably when she was about 10 months because she was originally adopted by someone else. And they had to give her up because she didn't get along with their dog. But she's 70 pounds now. um, And when we first got her, yeah, she was about 50-something. So when you first adopted her as a foster, was there any part of your brain that thought, this is my dog and we're keeping it or we might keep it? Or was that something that developed as the weeks went by? I definitely didn't feel that right away. I felt the connection to her because she was an animal and she and I felt empathy towards her because she'd been through a lot. And I fell in love with her right away, but I was certain that I shouldn't keep her for her best interest because I live in a small apartment in Hollywood and she's a big dog. She grew up living outside. It's an enclosed area, but she was outside and they would go on hikes every day, like without the leash. She, she needs to run. She's part Greyhound, part German Shepherd. Um, she needs to run. She needs to go out. And I didn't think I could give her what she needed. Um, but then, Nobody wanted to adopt her. She was very shy. She's not a people dog. She's not like a normal dog. She's not going to run up to you and be like, oh, stranger, pet me. So it was more of a decision. Can I take this responsibility? Um, Obviously, I wanted to keep her. I loved her. Um, I just had other 
things in my life that I thought were more important. But then I will say with that, after we had her, she taught me a lot. And yes, I had more responsibilities, but what she taught me and the, and the things that she gave me outweighed those responsibilities. Um, so she's been really good to have around and I love her so much and dogs are just the best. What was the moment in your adoption phase where you realized this was your dog? Honestly, she came home. The, the moment we brought her home, she came inside and we had a rug that I had just bought. And she stepped foot in our door and took the biggest poop she to this day has ever taken on that rug. And I just started bawling and I kind of knew in that moment that this was my life now. I, I don't know how to explain it. I, I tried to fight that feeling, but I will have to say if you're going to ask me and I'm going to be honest, when she shit on that rug, I knew. <laughs> That's brilliant. So wait, how did you, did you deal with that? Did you? Oh, I threw the rug away. We just threw the rug away. It just was thrown away immediately. (laughs) So you mourned the rug for like 10 seconds, but then realized this is my dog and this is the life I chose. Yes. And it was really scary. And again, I tried to fight that feeling because I didn't think it was necessarily best for me and very much so did not think it was best for her. She had, I had previously mentioned she had been adopted before and they had to get rid of her because she didn't get along with their dog. She was adopted by a family that, or by a lady and husband that were retired that lived in Laguna Beach. They had a private beach. They kept the doors open. She could run outside as much as she wanted. And I just couldn't imagine having her be in our house and not having a yard, but we make it work. We live next to Runyon. We have a really great dog walker. We try to go to the beach at least once a month. She loves the beach. She just, she needs her exercise like we all do. What are her favorite things to do? Being outside, playing with sticks, frisbees, balls. She's obsessed with trying to catch squirrels. She never will. (laughs) She likes to dig. She loves to dig. She likes to play with water. She likes to try to catch it. She doesn't like to be in it though. If you could imagine Stashi as a person, (laughs) what do you see? I see a very classy, regal, either businesswoman or model or just some sort of public figure that is very graceful. Maybe a ballerina. She's very beautiful. She's very graceful. She, you wouldn't, if you heard her bark, but then see how she acted, you wouldn't think it was the same dog. She's like a cat. She's very cat-like, um, but she still barks like a huge dog that can be very scary. If she could talk, what would be some of the common things that you think she'd be saying to you? Can we go outside? I would like to go outside. Can we please just go outside? Um, it, she also likes to have the last bark if I if she's barking at something outside and she's scaring the mailman or whatnot and I tell her to stop she literally will continue to bark even to the last like hoof of like air puff out of her mouth so she she would always have to have the last word and she would also be like please don't touch me she doesn't like 
she doesn't like you to be all up in her business like other dogs. So she would say, please respect my personal space and tell me I'm pretty. <laughs> and can we please go outside? I would love to go on a nice run. <laughs> what are some of the things that Dashi has taught you as an adult? That it gave me a compassion towards animals that I always thought I had, but it wasn't the level that I have now because they are the world that we've created around us. They have to survive with us and that's a very big responsibility. And I, I've, I've changed a lot of my habits. Um, any dog I owned prior to this, I didn't take it as seriously and I didn't give it, I didn't give it enough outside attention as I maybe should have. And then it's gone as far as I've become vegan from this because I really realized how animals are, they have a soul exactly the same as a human. There's nothing different. And why would I, I would never do anything to hurt my dog, even emotionally. I, I even get upset when I can't give her enough walks. How could I ever do that to any other animal? And even though it can be very easy to just see food on a plate and not translate it to a living animal, having Stashi around all the time helped me with that because it was something I couldn't run away from. Especially when I first got her and I was working all the time and I couldn't give her the outside attention she deserved and needed. That really hit home with me, like thinking about all those animals being locked up for their whole lives and that negative energy that they're just so sad. Um, and anyone can relate what's going on right now if you've been staying home because of quarantine and stuff. Like, it's really hard to be trapped in one spot, um, much less any of the other pain and suffering they endure, which is horrible and you it's hard to think about. But when you have an animal in your house all day, every day, that is your child. Like it's a lot harder to run away from that connection of eating meat. Wow. So your relationship with Stashi then allowed you to extend that to see all animals as equal. Yes. It sounds like she really gave you a pathway to empathy that you didn't have before. I, and I would say I thought I had it because I did. I, I, I didn't go around being mean to animals and I and I loved them all. But it, it was like before, too, I could go to the zoo and I'd be sad about it. But like now, I, I, I don't even know if I can go to zoos. Stuff like that. Yeah, it just, it's a lot different when you have this soul in your house and it connects it to any anytime you see another animal you just think of you think of yours so you became a protector and defender and voice for animals at large before i just felt like i loved animals and now i actually try to implement things to do what i can because animals literally can't do anything we run the show we're the humans so so yeah i would say i always was that way but i've just taken steps to actually be active with those moral beliefs i remember the other day you were mentioning to me about how you wish people would be a little bit more concerned about their pets paws especially during the warm summer months do you want to tell me a little bit more about that 
Yes. Um, I didn't really realize how big of a deal it was to take your dog out in the middle of the day in the summer, but if you simply put your hand on the pavement, or even go outside without socks on, you'll be able to tell how hot it is. And even if you can, if it's hot and you force yourself to stand there for 10 minutes and you go inside, or five minutes, whatever, you can feel how your feet still hurt. Um, It's a continuous burn. So I learned that if, I actually saw this at Runyon, and it's helped me ever since. If the temperature is 78 degrees um, Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit uh, that means that the cement is feels like it's 124 degrees. So anytime the weather is 78 degrees and over, especially the middle of the day or later because then the sun's been outside beating on it, um, I take that in consideration and... I'll get up earlier so I can take her out earlier, um, take her on walks that I know are shaded, drive her somewhere that is like a shaded area, no concrete. I live next to Hollywood Boulevard. Hollywood Boulevard has glossy black, you know, where the stars are. Don't take her, you know, don't take him to places like that. I truly didn't realize some of these things. Um, I had to learn them. So yes, um, and summer's coming up. There are shoes little shoes you can get for them not all dogs want to wear those there's also wax like a waxy coating um product that you can use it's obviously going to wear off it's only going to last for a short walk but there are some things you can do but i just try to be responsible and make sure i know what the weather is going to be like and know that i won't be able to take her out in the middle of the day and plan accordingly Mm. i read from researching it that it said you should Put your hand on the pavement for 7 to 10 seconds. And if it's too hot for the back of your hand to handle, then that's definitely too hot for your pet's paws. Um, and for those in Canada, 25 degrees Celsius um, actually feels like 52 degrees Celsius, which is hot. So And 78 degrees doesn't necessarily feel hot outside, especially in L.A. So it's just something you have to be aware of. Another thing with summer coming up, though... It starts in spring, but there's foxtail grass that grows. It's it's all over the western part of the United States. It's some on the eastern parts, too, and in the south. And it looks like wheat. And it is a seed. there's a seed that comes off of it, and it can burrow into your pet's um, skin. It likes to go in between their paws, in their ears, in their nose, in their eyes, even in their genitals. It's something you want to be aware of. Know what it looks like. Don't let them run in fields that have a lot of it. If they were exposed to it, make sure you check them thoroughly for them. Um, if it were to, for some reason, get in the wrong spot, it would continue to burrow into your dog's body until it hits a major organ. So these things are very serious, and I did not know about them the first six months of having my dog. Somebody had to tell me at Runyon because she had ran into some. Wow. I think that there's just that touches on like a really important part point, which is that we all kind of have to be a little bit more mindful of where our dogs are stepping, whether it's foxtails, whether it's the pavement or there's broken glass and stuff where we live in Hollywood. Like there's there's plenty of reasons to be concerned about the things that your pet could potentially step in and they can't tell us. That's the scary part. They can't tell us that. There's something stuck in my foot. I mean, you might notice them limping, but... Right. 
Um, before we wrap, uh, we just have one closeout little bit, uh, which we're fondly calling Leave a Dog a Bone. Um, it's your opportunity to point to something, like a book or a movie or an Instagram account, whatever, um, that you think might help listeners understand your love and appreciation for dogs a little bit better. For anyone that does have a dog, a very good resource is Bring Fido. It's a website um, where you can, if you want to take your dog to a restaurant, on a vacation, anywhere. I, I really do like that because I like to include my dog as a part of the family. And if anyone's interested in um, learning more about Stashi's story or the woman that um, adopt gets dogs shipped over here from Iran, their Instagram is Adopt an Iranian Dog. Um, she's got a ton of dogs on there. They're so beautiful. They all are so unique. There's just nothing quite like seeing these wild dogs and this woman that's dedicated her life to taking care of them because they don't have anywhere else to go. Yeah, it's the most noble work ever. And they run completely by donations, right? Yes. So if you even like $5 would be so helpful. Um, and it's it's for a really great cause. She, she literally does this full time, 24 hours a day. Uh, she has volunteers too that they just do it out of the kindness of their hearts and these dogs are so sweet I'm telling you there's something in their eyes they they just have a so much appreciation to be alive and to be taken care of and it's it's just amazing just even if you just go look at the web their their uh, Instagram is pretty special and what is it again what's their Instagram account adopt an Iranian dog Adopt and like A N. Yes. Adopt an Iranian dog. dog. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, well, that's it for today. Justine, thank you so much for showing up and telling us all the things you love about dogs and yes. for loving dogs. Thank you for having me. It was so great. Come back again soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Do you have a dog story you'd like to share? If you do, hit us up. Email us at dogstories at gmail.com. Are you enjoying these episodes of Dog Stories? We'd love it if you left a review or subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts. Sound effects provided by Zapswat.com and music provided by Bensound.com.